My name is Travis, and uh, and uh, I just look around tonight, and, and four years ago, God put a dream in our hearts. What would it look like if we gathered people, invited God, and just saw what would happen in Edmonton? Could we believe for a rising again? And God gave us this word resurgence. I didn't know what it meant. Looked it up in Wikipedia, and it said renewal, restoration, revival, arising again. And I believe that God wants to do that. I believe that the dream involves each person in this room. And uh, I look around tonight and it's like, God, four years ago, could I imagine this? I don't know. I, 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 I see big things, but I'm like, okay, God, come on. The dream involves you. And I, I just, I'm so blessed to be able to just partner in the, the, the dream of God for our lives, a dream to connect with Sean tonight. And, and um, tonight, I'm, I'm reminded of uh, Jesus. He was in the sending business. And as resurgence over the past few years, we have been a community. Our hearts been, could we be a community that expects miracles, experience freedom, and engage in God's presence. And through that, we've seen people come and then people go and people be sent out. And I believe Jesus was in the sending business, and it's our call to, to send out. And I'm reminded, you know, Jesus was sent by the power of God, was sent by God in the power of the Holy Spirit. He was sent to proclaim the good news. He was sent to enact the good news, and he was sent to a com form a community of the good news. And tonight, we want to pray for a few individuals that are going out. Send them out as the resurgence community. And so I want to invite Brendan Darcy Cummer. Would you, would you guys just come and stand down here? Uh, Helen Dunlop, would you come? And, and Silk Overton, would you, would you come too? And the three kind of groups. And we just, we want to quickly just hear from you. And then we're just going to pray a release over you. And, um, and that, that God would just, just send you out as resurgence, send you out to where you're going. And there would be such a release of. The rising again, the spirit of God, and the dream He has, and uh, I'm just gonna jump down. And uh, this is Helen. Helen, why don't you tell us uh, you've been here for a bit, and now you're going home, and tell us where home is and how we can pray for you. Okay. Um, I'm from Ireland, and I've been here for three years. Um, I'm at Vanguard College, and yeah, it's a hard step. Um, in two weeks' time, I leave this place. I leave home um, to go back home as well, right? And um, yeah, Ireland is in a nation that is really divided. Um, and my heart is to see it set free, um, to see walls be broken down in communities. Um, and yeah, to see this release of the Holy Spirit, that there would be no more religion. Um, so that's my heart. Um, and yeah, I would love if you could pray into that. I don't really know what I'm going home to do. I just know that God has said, go. And I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> so yeah. We're going to pray in just a moment for Helen, and uh, she's going back, and there's a team going with to Ireland, and we're just, we're just believing God to take Ireland, and uh, I have some good friends in Ireland, and I believe that, that God's going to do a move in Ireland, that there is a time coming where revival is coming to Ireland, we, we want to declare that tonight, we want to declare a rising again of the Spirit of God in Ireland, and uh, Darcy and Brenda friends of mine are uh, going somewhere and just in two minutes uh, tell us where you're going and, and uh... hallelujah whoa uh, yeah 
Friday evening at 9.30, my wife and I are leaving for an adventure to Malawi, Africa. We don't know how long we'll be. We know a lot of missionaries who have gone for two or three years and ended up, ended up being 20 to 30 years. We're just going to go and be obedient and do what Papa God asks us to do. Anytime our daddy comes and speaks, we want to listen and be obedient. Through Christ Jesus, all things are possible. I know that we will see the blind see deaf ears will be opened. Dead babies will be raised from the dead in Jesus' name. And so much more. This is wild. This is wild. I was just sitting back up there tonight. I just seen fire on top of all of you guys. And as I seen some of the gay protesters walking down this afternoon, I seen what you guys were doing last night. I seen the spear around the Holy Spirit leaping out and touching some of them. The Holy Spirit told me there were three lesbians and three homosexuals recommitted their lives back to Him today as they walked by this church. Because the anointing was so strong today that they couldn't resist. As they went by, they realized what they were doing was wrong. They bowed and they submitted to Papa. He said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Papa God, for what I've done. Keep it going. Try and keep this going. Keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. Like Sean Sean just said, the ordinary is over. Papa God is looking for some risk takers. He's looking for people who want to step out of the box and say, I'm not ordinary anymore. I don't care if I go to some country and they want to hang me. I will do like Paul said, and I will take the chance. Because great is my reward when I get to the end. He's going to say, come on in. Good job, good and faithful servant. Keep us in your prayers when we go to Malawi next Friday. My bro is going to be joining us for 10 days, and we're going to rock him. We're going to get him preaching, man. I tell you what, he's going to be preaching in villages, man. He's going to see things he's never seen. An awesome team from Vanguard is coming. Girl, there you are. Come on. 16 of are coming to rock the nation of Malawi, Africa. And uh, just pray with us. That was a Pentecostal two minute. So uh, just, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Come on, I just appreciate this couple so much. And uh, they have uh, journeyed. And I, I, I met you maybe four years ago, was it not? Out in Barhead. I came out and... Uh, we had a time, and so we just journeyed, and it's just amazing. He said he would never go to Africa, never go, goes one time, falls in love, and God speaks to him to move there. And at the same time, the pastor wakes up in the middle of the night and says, God's calling Darcy and Brenda to come. And so he shared in church on a Sunday morning what God had spoke to you, and the pastor started weeping because God had spoken to him for they're supposed to move. And so we're going to pray in a moment. And this is Sylvia. And Sylvia is, uh, has been working with the Salvation Army. And we have uh, Danielle Strickland and had her speak and a guest of ours. But she's been uh, working on 118th in that area at Crossroads. 
and um, just serving, and uh, God's God's shifted. Things are moving, and she's moving, and so we just have so appreciated her just bringing a crew, bringing the van, being a big supporter of Resurgence, and I just, you've traveled the world in, in another in another life, dancing and all of that, and now God's just got something, we just want to pray for you, but tell us what's going on. Yeah. Um, the Spirit of the Lord is here, praise God, praise God. Thank you for Resurgence, thank you for the dream. Hallelujah. God is so good. Three years ago, um, I was living in London, England. I was retired and fallen born dancer. <laughs> I had a business and uh, I kept going to church. I was an Anglican and I sat on the pew and I I questioned the, the floral prose and I said, where's the fire? Where's the fire? And you read the book of Acts and it's like, where's the fire? And uh, I, was, I was just never going to warm the pew again and I... I bowed down to deliverance and healing stuff and I just went to every conceivable speaker in London, Jackie Pullinger, everybody, and I was just like, I am just such a hopeless Christian, that broken vessel person. I'm broken, I'm really broken. And in our broken my brokenness, I found Jesus. And, uh, and uh, God called me out to go to Spring Harvest. I heard Danielle Strickland speak. I thought the Salvation Army dealt in clothing and rang bells. That's about it. And... Um, only for the Lord to show me three years later that I'd had several profound encounters with the Salvation Army in my life. And I uh, sold my business. I packed my bags and left them in uh, Salvation Army ladies' attic. She turned up in my Bible group, an Anglican Bible group, at the same time God was calling me out. And I came to Canada. I went to Vancouver. I spent a year on the downtown east side of Vancouver working with prostitutes, drug addicts, homeless, mentally ill. Uh, it was a life-changing experience, to say the least. And uh, what I understand about Jesus is that when you go, when we admit that we're broken, and that there's, we can be filled when we're broken, when we feel that brokenness inside, and we can align ourselves with the compassionate heart of Christ, and we can go to those dark places and we can give of ourselves, because actually it's not us that we're giving it from. We're just serving Him. It's the fire of the Lord that comes upon us. It's the opportunities that you see the kingdom of God. Suddenly your eyes change. They're not the same anymore. They're not the eyes you were born with. They're the kingdom eyes. And they open and you see the fire. You look for the fire. You smell the fire. It's like when rain comes, you smell the rain, but you smell the fire. And you see it in the alleys. And you see it in the people with the needles in their eyes. And you see it there right then. And you say, hey, do you know Jesus? Because you see that life overcame death right there. It overcame death right there. We serve an amazing God. We stand in victory because of the Lamb. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I just, I say to you all, surrender. Surrender those compartments in your life that you hold on to, that you think that you need to serve the Lord. Give them up. Give up everything. Give up Give up that title. Give up that reputation. I did. I gave it up. I had everything. I gave it up. <laughs> and we think we're giving everything away. You know that the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you and He shows you a world that you can't see. You can't see in the physical. You only see it when you give it up. That's the step, isn't it? To relationship with God. It's not this thing up there. It's this thing in here, you know? And we give it up. And we share it. And we partake of it. And we're enmeshed in the Spirit of God because the blood, the blood represents the forgiveness, what you've done wrong. That's what the blood represents, what you've done wrong. He's taken that. He's taken that. Guess what? He's taken it. And then we represent the cross, what He's doing now and what He's going to do. Be filled with the Spirit of the Lord. Surrender. Surrender in the flesh. Be broken. Admit it. We're all broken. We're all broken. Hallelujah. He's awesome. He's good. 
God, I just bind up the spirit of idolatry. I bind up the spirit of wealth, Shaka, in this province. Shopopo. I say oil fields burn. Shaka, Shaka Baba. Release the people. Release the people. Shopopopo. Release the people. Release the people, God. That we would be a community again. Because community, that's where the oil is. The oil is in community. The oil is not in a division. The oil is in the coming together. The oil is in the coming together in the need of each other. Jesus, we call forth revival, the resurgence would lead the way. We raise the standard. We call forth a banner over us, which is love. We call forth this revival for Edmonton, Jesus, now. And if, if for such a time as this, Jesus, I call forth that anointing God for the leaders and the team here, Father Jesus, to carry that mantle, Father, of revival. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We say, come, open the air. Shaka, open the air. Shaka, open the air. Shaka, open the airways. Open the airways, Jesus. Open air revival. Shaka, kiara, Surely, holy. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
too. <laughs> and, and if you guys are still praying, that's fine, whatever. But if you're able to, have a seat. In a moment, we're going to invite Sean to come back. And, uh, and I just really feel we're going to hear from him tonight. I feel God really speaking that. And, and I know I was going to share, but I, I just really feel that this is strategic. He's here. And uh, we, we want to hear his heart. And just here last night was just awesome. And, uh, and they're going to they're gonna lead some worship. And we're going to go back in and then just kind of hear from him a little bit what God is speaking. And um, before we do that, I, I just want to give an opportunity. We at Resurgence, uh, we, we are funded. We operate because of giving. And we believe in the principle of giving. We uh, believe in the, in the culture of honor. And we believe in the culture of giving. And Jesus modeled that, and uh, he modeled it in giving his son Jesus. He, he, he modeled what giving was. And um, and so I want to give you an opportunity tonight to sow into the ministry of resurgence. And um, over the past four years, we, we God has laid it on the hearts of you to give and to sow into resurgence. And because of that, we've been able to bring in gas. We've been able to go out. We've been able to send. We've been able to, we last a couple months ago, we were in Lacombe. And, and, and just the, the dream is massive. But the dream involves every person in this room. The dream isn't about me. The, the God dream for Edmonton, for Canada, involves you. And uh, I want to give you an opportunity tonight to give into that. And uh, you may have heard this story before, but a couple years ago, I was in the country of Belize. And um, I was there at a, at a youth conference called YC Belize, and, and I remember that night, it was a Saturday night, and it was really humid outside, uh, maybe 32 degrees, and I'm just in my shorts, just, uh, just sweating, and, uh, and it's, it's a warm night, and the sun had gone down, and it's dark, and the, the conference was about to start, and the, the, the reggae was about to, to kick in, and the gospel was about to be preached, and, and I... I just needed to get out of the out of the venue, and I went outside, and I stood outside, and I'm smelling the barbecue, and it was unreal, and the charcoal burning, and I'm just looking at this chicken out there, just like, ah, oh, it looks so good. And I'm out there talking to people and standing, and, and I remember as clear as right now, and I'm at the I'm at the corner of this building, and uh, this boy comes up to me. His name was Seven, like the number seven. And he goes, hey, mister, my name is Seven. And I said, hey, man, that's cool. How old are you? He goes, I'm, I'm 11. I'm like, 7-Eleven. He didn't get it, but I got it. Um, and I'm like, 7-Eleven, that's sweet. And he had his little brother with him. And, and cutest kid, he, he had his hair parted over, and he had tucked in his little polo shirt, and his mom had sent him. And he lived over there, and he goes, mister, I have a question for you, mister. How can I get in tonight? And I said, oh, I think it's like, you know, uh, $12 U.S. to get into this conference. And, and I think that's it. And he goes, mister, I don't have any money tonight. I don't have any money to get in. And right away I thought, listen, I'm going to try to find a way to get this guy in there. And, and my immediate reaction wasn't to go, hey, I'm going to pull out the money that's in my pocket that I'm thinking of going to buy a chicken with. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was like, I wonder if I could go inside and find the organizer and see how we get a wristband to get him in. And so I said, hey, Seven, you stay right here. I'm going to go inside, and I'll be right back. Don't leave. So I go running inside. I'm running around trying to find the right person, and they're busy doing something, and I don't even know who the right person is. And, 
as I'm as I'm walking, I'm, I'm and I'm thinking about this guy named Seven. I felt the Holy Spirit say, "What's in your pocket?" And I said, "Money." <laughs> then why don't you just buy him his registration and get him in? And I thought, "Yeah, good one." <laughs> yeah, I had no answer, so so I rushed back. And in my mind, I'm like, he probably left. I missed it. God, I missed it. Here's an opportunity for seven to hear the gospel. And I was too busy thinking about what someone else could do. And not thinking of what I could do. And I got out there, and sure enough, he was there, luckily. Standing there, waiting for me. And he goes, mister, can you get me in? And I said, seven, uh, uh, let's go line up, man. So we lined in the registration line. I bought him his wristband. I put it on him, him and his brother. And... I remember they walked in, they sat at the back, and they were sitting there, and worship started, and it was a long, I mean, there's musical act after musical act after musical act, and dance groups, and and it's long. And then the gospel was preached, and and the preacher said tonight, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, will you respond? And I watched as the back as my friend Seven was the first to stand.
July and then in August it's going to be a weeknight just because people go away on the weekends. And so I think it's a th Wednesday or Thursday night in July and the info will come out soon. But we just really want to expand the influence. Invite the city, invite you, invite more because we believe the dream involves uh, not just us but more. And God wants to do more. So you need an envelope, raise your hand. Yeah, right here there's some people missed over here. Right here. Chris, just down here there's a few just wave it if you haven't gotten that low. Right here, Chris. Right on. Good. When the ushers are ready, we'll pray. And um, if you're giving by Visa or MasterCard, and at, at the end of my prayer, you can just roll out to the back and, uh, and do that. And uh, thank you. Welcome all those that have come from Red Deer, and uh, who is not who does not live in Edmonton? That you have come from somewhere other than the Edmonton region, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's just welcome. Yeah, some from Calgary I know that have come tonight, and we just welcome you and Silver Lake and, and Red Deer and that area. And so welcome. It's so good to have you. Right on. Good ushers, are we ready? Perfect. Well, we're gonna pray and. Um, Let's pray. God, I thank you that, uh, God, the dream you have for us is bigger than we can imagine. It's bigger than we um, can realize. And so, God, would you speak to us tonight about the dream you have for us? God, that what you want us to give tonight to resurgence. God, speak to us the amount. God, that it wouldn't be out of, oh, i got to give this. But God, because we're generous, because you speak to us, and it's what's in our pocket, God. God, that whatever's in our pocket that we are supposed to give, God, would you just, yeah. God, like that time you spoke to me was seven. God, would we not defer to someone else, but would we think about how what we can do, how we can get behind what you're doing. So God, we want to get behind, we want to streamline behind, tuck in with what you're doing in the city, tuck in with what you're doing in the nation. God, I believe that this is just the beginning. We declare a rising again. Father, I pray for every person in this place. Financially, I pray breakthrough over every circumstance, every mortgage payment that needs to be made, every every person that needs a job here tonight, needs an employment, it, it just needs breakthrough in their finances. I declare breakthrough tonight. I I declare the Spirit of God would break in, break out, and break free in your life. That there would be such a such a release of the, the resources of heaven tonight. We declare that. We declare that over resurgence. We declare that over the dream that you would watch over. God, I, I pray you you make us dream bigger, think bigger, go further, go farther, send more, go here, go there, and we just we pray for your wisdom, for your revelation. Thank you for every person in this room. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Usher.
funny, people, sometimes they come up to me and they're like, you know, how do you do this so much? I'm actually on an extended trip right now that started out, oh boy, I had quite a conversation with the Canadian customs guy the other day, you know, you're only here for two days, what are you doing with all this luggage, what are you doing with all these guitars? Your Canadian customs guys are, wow. But uh, anyway, I had a great conversation with him that actually led into me prophesying over him and the nation. You want to know what I'm really doing here? God's awakening a nation. You know, I just like went for it, you know. And, and either he was really moved or he just like wanted me to stop. And so he just stamped my thing and let me go. Um, but I'm on a extended trip right now from the started um, on the West Coast in California and then the Middle East and then, you know, South Africa, and then Europe, and then we were in in uh, England, and then uh, and then I was in Seattle, and, and I'm here. And I just I wish I had more time to share with you guys. Actually, I actually want to sing a kind of sing a song, prophesy a song over you more than share tonight. But I feel like a lot of us in the West, and when I speak about the West, I'm talking about you know five percent of of the of the church in the world, of the 95% being not in North America, you know, the 95% being in Asia, being in the Middle East, being in Africa, where, where the gospel of the kingdom is spreading forth like wildfire. And sometimes when I come to the 5%, you know, because the largest church in the world right now is actually in China. It's almost four to 500 million believers in the nation of China and, and the whole world, the fires of worship and prayer unto missions and evangelism are exploding around the world. Hundreds of thousands of Muslims are coming to Jesus. Hindus are coming to Jesus. I mean, guys, we are living in the midst of the greatest global awakening the world's ever seen. Wow, that was pathetic. Okay, let me try it again. Let me try it. Let me say it this way. In this book... Or in all of revival history, there's never been a story like what's being written today. And part of I feel like what I'm called to, because we, we do actually more in the nations than we do in, in, the, in the Western Church or North America, even though that's where we live. But I feel like part of what God's doing tonight is actually convincing you guys of the incredible season that we're in around the world. And it's no longer, God, can you send revival? Can you, can you make something happen? Oh, no, we're getting so hopeless. No, it's already here. It's already happening all over the world. There's already, like, incredible things breaking out. As I mentioned, we were gathered in a stadium in London just a week and a half ago, filled with believers in the most Islamic section of Europe, just worshiping in the worship, just coming out of the stadium and going into the Olympic Village where, you know, Millions of people will come in August, and God's just preparing the way of nations all over the world for revival, and and signs and wonders are breaking. I mean, guys, this is incredible, and I feel like sometimes, you know, for your Canadians, I feel like sometimes it's like we're like the men on the road to Emmaus, you know, and it's like we're walking along, and and a lot of us have been raised in church, you know, we're getting over our church issues, we're getting over our cynicism, whatever, and we're like... You know, the two men that are walking on the road, you know, and we're like, you know, walking, we're talking about like how we're bummed out or how, you know, this hasn't happened or this hasn't happened or this hasn't happened. And all of a sudden this guy walks up alongside of us and puts his arms around us. He says, hey, what are you guys talking about? 
like he did all this awesome stuff and we put all our hope in him and he died. And today's the third day and we're just depressed and we don't know what we're going to do. And oh, we're just, you know, and, and, and the guy goes, really? You know, and this is Jesus, by the way, is the guy, you know. And so he goes, really, really, tell me more. And they begin to tell him their sob story, you know. Oh, you know, and he's like, how foolish are you? He's like, let me begin to teach you. And, and the story goes that he teaches them everything from the beginning of the book through the prophets. He tells them, he teaches them. And as they're walking, you know, Jesus, he's so sneaky. You know, I just love it. He never shows up like you think he should show up first. His first grand appearance after he rises from the dead, he fakes out everybody because they think he's a gardener, you know. And then he fakes everybody out because, you know, he's on the side of the, of the seashore. And then he walks through a wall into a room. He just does crazy stuff, you know. And so he fakes like he's going the other way. He's like, all right, guys, it's good hanging with you. I'm actually going this way. And they're like, oh, no, come to our town. Just come hang out with us. Come have a meal with us. Come sit down, you know. And he's like, all right, you know. So they walk together. And they still talk, and as they sit down to eat, they take a bite of bread, and all of a sudden, their eyes are open. Jesus disappears, and they go, ah! You know, they look at each other, ah! You know, they look at each other, and they go, oh, our hearts was burning when we were with them. Our heart was burning, wasn't yours? Yeah, my heart was burning. And all of a sudden, they realize they get in the presence of God, and this passion comes alive inside of them. And I feel like, guys, listen, I feel like this is why we have to get in these places of worship. In our culture, there's so much negativism, there's so much pessimism, there's so much cynicism. And if we don't watch it, we're going to miss the greatest move of God the world's ever seen. And we get in the presence of God, and all of a sudden, you know, we, we've slugged through our workday, we've slugged through all this stuff, and we, we're trying to be faithful, and we're holding on to these promises of God that haven't come to pass, and many of us, hope deferred has made our hearts sick. Canada. But this is the season, guys, where we get in the presence of the Lord. We go, oh, my heart burns again. My heart burns again. It's not weighty theology. It's not the coolest, fanciest church you've ever seen. It's just getting in the raw presence of the Lord. It's returning to the ancient past. It's coming back to what we're created for. You were made to walk with God in the cool of the day. You were made for intimacy. You were made for love. And I just feel like tonight it's so fitting, you know, that we, that we commission these guys to the nations. Because true worship and true presence always commissions us. To bring the songs of deliverance to the world. And last year, the Lord really compelled me and, and some guys to do this crazy tour. And we don't just like, I'm not itinerant. I just don't like receive everything. You know, I, I don't like, sometimes I go places where I'm invited. But, you know, I was in North Korea and didn't get an invitation there. You know, I was in Afghanistan, didn't get an invitation there. I just go where God calls me. And we felt this mandate on our heart last year to do this. We call it an I-5 tour. We started in Redding, California. We were commissioned by our great family there at Bethel Church. And we started there and we were launched into the I-5 corridor. And we actually ended in Calgary. Kind of off the I-5 a little bit. But we ended in Calgary and I grabbed some musician friends of mine from IHOP in Kansas City and from Bethel, Redding, California, and some of my other guys around the world. And we just quit everything we were doing for two weeks and we focused on 
the I-5 corridor. And the Lord gave us this word out of Isaiah 54. And he said, release a sound of life to the barrenness of the land. And when you look at North America, the I-5 corridor of the Pacific Northwest is the most unreached region in North America. Actually, in all of the West. And you look at... You know, all the way up the I-5 is the highest in human trafficking, the highest in witchcraft, the highest in drugs, and, and it's the least churched and the least reached. And the Lord began to speak to us, you know, and, and everybody, you know, in Vancouver, B.C., being the least church city in all of the Western world. That just came out last year, Barner Research. The least reached, you know, and so... I love going to Texas, and I love going to the buckle of the Bible Belt, but where we really love to go is to, like, the darkest, to the driest places in the world. That's where we're called to go. So we brought a team there, and um, and we just began every single night from Reading all the way up to Calgary. We began to release songs of life to the barrenness of the land. And the Lord gave us this verse, and we actually... You know, we thought every single night, you know, it was going to be like, oh, we're going to the dark places. Ugh, you know, let's get our, you know, you know, E minor face on, you know, so we can like play and, and we're going to have to do war, warfare and, uh, you know. But really what was so funny is we began each night for 30 minutes laughing and dancing around. It was like the easiest, funnest, craziest warfare, like joyful explosion like that I've ever had, you know. And, and we just began to enter into like the sound of, of joy, the sound of worship. And the Lord gave us a verse. And I want you real quick to turn to Isaiah 54. And I just want to read this. And then we're actually just going to sing it over you tonight. I want to sing it over you. I want to sing it over this city. Because I believe that Alberta and I believe that Edmonton, I believe it's marked to be cities and regions where worship overflows. We can go back to the history of all the people God's called there. We go back to the, you know, I learned a lot about, you know, from Travis about the revival history. I think it was in the 1920s where a move of God broke out here in downtown Edmonton. Thousands of people gathered, people, salvation, signs and wonders, healings. And I say, God, if you did it then, why not do it again? We're hungrier than we've ever been before. We need a move of God. We cannot do church as usual. We cannot do worship as usual. We cannot just continue going. And, and you get to this place of desperation. You know, you get to this place of dependence. Like, if we ever build a model of church that we can sustain on our own, oh, God help us. You know, God's making us hungry again. He's bringing us back to where we're dependent again. He's bringing us back where it's not about, is it 70 degrees in the room? Do I know the songs? Is it is everything right? Is it too loud? Is it too soft? We're, it's not about us, actually. <laughs> right? Anybody? It's like not about you. It's, it's really not. It's not about whether you like the service or you don't like it. Like, we created an egocentric gospel, and it's actually not found in this book. It's at, and that's the most freeing thing in the planet, guys, is to realize it's not about you. And, and it's the thing that brings us, you know, and I really believe, you know, and I, I feel like we saw some, some of that praise coming up tonight where true worship will always expose the religious spirit. And so just like a heads up, you know, if you're ever in worship, 
and like you look at somebody and they're like just going off, you know? And you're like, ah, what's up with that? Or ooh, they have a lot of issues in their life. I don't know why they're doing that. Guess what? Ding, 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 ding. Religious spirit. Probably a religious spirit on your life. Because as I said yesterday, even Jesus' best friends, even the authors of the New Testament, even the guys that hung out with him for three years, missed it when true worship was released. Mary came in. She's a prostitute. This is why I love seeing Muslims saved. Because they set a new standard of worship that blows our minds. Why? Because they don't know they don't know anything about religion. They don't have any boxes. They don't know what they should do and it shouldn't do. You give them a guitar and they're just like, you know. I mean, they're crazy guys. I've seen it all over. I mean, and 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 the the new Christians that are just coming out of the craziest lifestyles are the ones setting a new standard of worship in the church. And Mary came in, she busted in the room, broke all the protocol, broke all the rules, didn't do anything like she was supposed to, took the most expensive thing she could bring and wasted it in a moment at the feet of Jesus. Many people in the church don't have a value for worship. They think it's a waste. Why, why do you sing more songs? Why do you want to have... I get that sometimes. You know, Sean, you're really talented. You're really good songwriter. Why do you do these all-night worship things? God bless you. <laughs> you really don't get it, do you? Like, I want my life to be a, a, a wasted at the feet of Jesus. Be poured out and wasted as a drink offering, you know. So Mary came and she did this extravagant act and, and the disciples missed it. You know, here they, they have the best theology, they didn't have the best anointing and they said, what are you doing, woman? We could have used that for the building project. We could have used that to feed the poor. We could have used that to do evangelism. What are you doing? You're wasting it. Jesus says you don't understand what she's doing. For this act will be talked about all over the world. Remember David, King David, the, the presence of the Lord comes into his city. And he's so absolutely freaking out with excitement that he forgets he's the president of the nation. He forgets he's supposed to be the one that's in charge. And he actually takes off all his clothes. And in front of the whole nation, many scholars say around 2 million people. Okay, 2 million people gather. Watch David dance in his whitey tighties. Loin cloth. That's thinner than whitey tighties. I won't go there. I'm not trying to give you a visual. Hey, the point is, the point is, is that the worshipers that have been known throughout the Bible that set the standard for us, were psychopaths. They were crazy. You know, and I just want to break this whole deception. Well, some people worship and they sit down and they just worship. And some people, you know, and some people just worship God however you want. Like the Bible doesn't say that. It gives us very clear guidelines and very clear instructions. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Clap your hands. Jesus said that the religious leaders of the day, they came to him. I was just reading this story, guys. It's all over the New Testament. The religious leaders came, and as he was walking into town on a colt, everybody was singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, King of Glory. And they're freaking out. The religious leaders goes, tell him to shut up. Jesus goes, you don't get it. If they stop, the rocks will cry out. <laughs> Guys, the Lord wants to establish a new standard of worship. It's not so that we can be like 
charismatic freaks, you know. It's not about like hype, but it's about we're so overcome when his presence comes in the room that we just lose everything and give everything to him. And when that happens, you know what you know what happens historically? Like in Wales, like in Azusa Street, like in Toronto. When God finds people that do that, guess what? He usually doesn't leave. He usually hangs out for more than three fast and three slow. He usually actually will come and rest over a city. Why? Because he wants to be welcomed. He loves it when people just welcome him. And I just encourage you guys... As you move forward in your journey, and this is one of the reasons I love what God's doing in Calgary and Vancouver and these in Winnipeg and all these cities with these burn nights of worship and all night long we're just lavishing our love on him. All over the world this is happening and I love what's springing forth here at Edmonton. I believe that you guys really don't even have a venue that's big enough to hold the worship services that are going to happen in these last nights. And I said last night, you thought the hockey games were crazy. You haven't seen anything yet. It's not tame. It's not mild. You know, and it's and sometimes, you know, in worship services, we'll lay before the Lord and weep. Sometimes we'll stand on our heads and flip. Who knows, you know? But the whole point is just creating room for God. Where every time we get together, we say, we are not leaving until you show up, God. But that is the agenda. That is the and so I just want to read this over you guys. I want to read it over your city. Isaiah 54. And we're going to sing this song. It's kind of a little blues song. Like, not blues as in sad, but just, just be good. You guys can just sit back in your cushion, cushy seats there. You know, and just receive it. And Isaiah 54, this is the verse that we, that we declared every single city all the way up into Calgary. It says, sing, O barren woman, you who have never bore a child, burst into song and shout for joy, you who are never in labor. Okay, you feel like you're in a season of barrenness. You feel like you're not seeing the full manifestation of what God wants to do in your city or your family or your church. Guess what? Stop complaining, stop whining, and sing. Not even just sing. Burst into song and shout for joy. <laughs> what? Yeah, when you're in the place of barrenness, actually begin to rejoice. Because you're calling forth a day that you're not actually in. You're calling for something you can't see. And it says this. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Enlarge the place of your tent. When the song goes forth in your city, when the song goes forth in your nation, when the song goes forth... In your family, in your work, in your home. Guess what? Get ready. Enlarge the place of your tent. Why? Because increase is coming. How many want to see increase? I mean, how many want to see increase in this place? Even you can buy my cloth for $15 and you will. No, I'm just kidding. Um. <laughs> Oh, help me. Okay. <laughs> How do you see increase? Well, Thanksgiving is the doorway to increase. As I said earlier, Thanksgiving is, is, is what sets us up to be stewards of the increase of God. If you're not standing in the place of Thanksgiving, God's probably not going to entrust you with more. 
Like that's the currency of the kingdom, guys, is thanksgiving. And many of us are standing in the place like, you know, I mean, look at the life of David. The dude waited 10 years to see the promise of God come to pass to become king. Guys, if we wait 10 months for a prophetic word, like we like begin to doubt. And the Lord's calling us to stand in the place and sing, sing to the well. Sing for the breakthrough. Sing for the place of deliverance. Stand and shout for joy. For greater are the children of the desolate. Then stretch out your tent pegs. Enlarge the place of your tent. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread up to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations. And I just want to declare this. Even for those of you guys that are being commissioned to go to the nations. But God has a song in you. That's going to call forth life. Where you go. Every barren place. Your soul steps. The soul of your foot steps. You're going to call forth life and increase. Guys, we're atmosphere changers. We're like he who raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of us. Like, we're kind of a big deal. Kind of. And we're not like the world. We're not try- actually trying to be like the world. We're actually peculiar people. We stand out. We're really weird and we stand out. Why? Because we belong to a kingdom, not of this world. So it's okay. You know, the Lord challenged me just practically the other day when I was stuck in traffic, you know, and he's like, so, uh, you know, in in traffic, it was in Texas, I think, Dallas or something. There were all these cars just piled up, like five lanes of interstate traffic just come to a halt. The Lord says, Sean, why don't you, um, why don't you worship me here? So I'm like, Okay, you know, and everybody can see everybody in the cars, you know? So I'm like, okay, and so I turn the music on, and I have my hands like this. Yes, Jesus. And the Lord's like, no, 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 like, really worship me. Like, can you really worship me? And I'm like, okay, yes. (laughs) He's like, no, really worship me. And, And the key is, guys, just so you know, is just close your eyes. And, like, pretend no one's watching. So that's what I did, you know, I closed my eyes, and I was just, all right, I'm going for it, you know, turn up the music, ah, you know, just like lifting my hand, just going after God, you know, and if, as long as you keep your eyes closed, you're good. And then all of a sudden, like, I heard this honk, and I was like, I opened my eyes, and every single person was staring at me, of course, you know. But the point is, is that, like, guys, like, it's about, like, our whole life being a fragrance of worship. Our whole life being a sound of worship. It's not just the sacred and the secular will come and give the 2% of your worship to God. No, it's give your whole life. This is what you're made for. So anyway, we're going to sing this song over you. I do want to mention there's some awesome resources in the back. I don't have any of my books. I'm bummed about that. Um, The people of Vancouver took them all. But um, I do have some awesome projects. Uh, There's one that just came out. It's like, if you want to know more about the burn... This is called Incense Rise, and um, it's got worship leaders from the Burn Movement, from Iowa, from Bethel, from all over, and um, we basically just recorded 50 hours of worship, and we put the best um, 50 hours, we put the best 60 minutes on here, and so this is one of those albums, it's got the flame on it, it's like, don't listen to while you drive, kind of CDs, like, you could get intoxicated at the wheel, it's kind of dangerous. Um, but it's really, really good. Just a lot of prophetic, a lot of just flow. Um, there's a brand new one. And this one actually was recorded. Some of the songs were recorded on the I-5 tour. It's called Kingdoms. And, um, and this is just live, raw, just 
free worship, but there's a lot of, of songs on here that are just releasing. The whole, the whole verse God gave me for 2012 was the kingdoms of the world will become the kingdoms of our Lord. And how as the kingdoms of the world are being shaken financially through wars, through, the, you know, all of this stuff, you know, and, and, and we're actually Christians that are not freaking out. Why? Because we belong to a kingdom that's not of this world. And as God raises up worship and prayer around the world, it's the restoration and the establishment of his kingdom. When we get together here in the capital city of Edmonton and we worship, the Bible says he's enthroned on the praises of his people. That means we're building the government of God in the city. Isn't that awesome? So anyway, that CD's back there. There's one that I did with Jesus Culture that's all crazy, raw, live, spontaneous. That's called The Flow. And then this one's um, called Rebirth and Reclamation. That's the song that I'm going to do off that. So anyway, those are back there. Um, and it's just, I just mention it because I just feel like resourcing our life with worship. Like letting it just infiltrate and affect all of who we are. So I want to just, I want to pray this over you. And then we're just going to play and we're just going to worship for a little bit. And I don't know if you have like a, an official benediction. Like by the Pope. The priest here, Travis, Sir Pope. And maybe we'll do a benediction or something. But I just want to uh, sing this over you guys and really over your city. And I just, I love Canada. I love what God is doing here. I want to invite you guys to come out to, um, come out to Red Deer. Eh? Is it next month? The last week of July, we're having a wild blowout party. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of crazy people are coming in. And um, then in October, we're doing a crazy thing in, in Calgary. And really, the goal is just to see incense and worship flood this whole nation. Canada, you know, the he it's the healing, the leaf of healing for the nations. It's the presence of God. It's, that's your guys' destiny. And the nations are coming here. Amen? I was telling these guys, I was at the customs line in Vancouver. I have never seen more Asians and Middle Eastern people come into your country. And there were so many people that were like moving here for their whole life. Like they had like a thousand suitcases and like they had like all kind of weird rice and stuff in their suitcases, you know. They were having to go through customs and, and I got stuck in that line because I have guitars, you know. As if they're the same, but anyway. And um, all these people are flocking to your country. You know, I believe there's a mantle on this nation for missions to the nations. But here's the thing. The nations are coming here. And you guys are setting an atmosphere in your cities. You're setting an atmosphere, not of just economic prosperity and a better life and blah, 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 blah. And Tim Hortons. I, 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 I've been to Canada a lot Still don't get that one Anyway 